The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. I've been waiting for this moment for about five years. For all my life. Just a 10 hour loop of that, please. So how's your week going so far? Pretty good? Can't complain? Oh, it's, you know, it's not bad. Uh, excited to, to, you know, this is what, this is what gets me up in the morning. Honestly, man, I feel like the same way. Like, this show really gives me something to work towards every week. Like, I have nothing else to do, so I'm just researching video games on my free time. It, it's really great. No, it's because it's, it's fun. It's like a it's it's something to do to, like, be proud of, I guess, without uh, having to worry about, like, work, basically. Yeah, like, I don't want to call this show art, but if somebody wanted to call me an artist, I'll gladly accept that as a as a compliment. It's been a pretty good week. It was you know, the weather's getting pretty nice. We were supposed to have that virtual concert on Friday, but that got canceled. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. And for you too, like, oh, like no, not not you too. I think we should clarify that. Not the band. I mean, Mike as well was supposed to be at the show. <laughs> we were gonna watch the show virtually, but together, and then later on talk about the show after the concert. Remember when you two put their songs on everyone's iPod? No, did they? What? How do you not remember that? That was like their whole. That was like the big. I don't remember that. I had an iPod back then. Maybe maybe I already bought the album. I don't know. Which album was it? It was the Age of Age of Innocence or Age of something. Was it automatically downloaded to your iTunes because iPods aren't? Well, yeah, it was to your iTunes. Yeah, but then when you would plug in your your iPhone at the time, then it would go back, right? So. You mean your iPod Nano at the time? Oh yes, my iPod Nano. Okay, okay, let me just make a guess here. Was there a song on that album about boots? Because I remember a, a terrible song about boots by you 2 I see no boots on this one. Well, if there's a song with boots in the title, I remember hearing it, and I did not like it. Yeah, so uh, they called it the largest album release of all time. Mm. Don't Didn't Radiohead do something similar with, they, they released a free album, I think it was In Rainbows, right? That's right. Yeah, good memory. Yeah. Interesting concept. Uh, it, it paid off for them. I, I think they're doing all right. Yeah, they're still kicking. Yeah, my cousin and I talk about them a lot. We definitely prefer the Radiohead from the 90s when they still used guitars. But See, yeah, for, for me, I'm not, I'm not a Tom York guy. I do not like Tom York. You don't I'm like a... how he like randomly whines throughout some of the songs? Yeah, and I'll, I don't know. He's just a weird guy, like to be honest. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. But I, I love Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood is a fantastic guitarist. I just really admire how they sound live. Like when you see their videos, uh, they're just very good at what they do. That's fair. Also, Johnny Greenwood, amazing uh, composer. He does a lot of films. Oh, anything recent? Yes, he did The Phantom Thread, which was a film that came okay. out in 2017. Hmm. Uh, he got nominated for that, I believe. He does a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson films, which are like The Master, Inherent Vice, uh, There Will Be Blood. That one I know. But yeah, uh, so he kind of he kind of works with with him a lot. But yeah, he's done like like ten or eleven soundtracks. He's a very prolific composer. Hmm. Neat. Okay. Cool. I didn't know that. I'll have to check that out now. Yeah. 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 Johnny Greenwood, amazing guy. Also, his brother is in uh, Radiohead, I believe. Oh, cool. So they're almost like a family band. They're almost like Nickelback. They're almost like the 
critically acclaimed, commercially successful Canadian rock band Nickelback. Yes, I haven't heard a song by them since like 2004, but I'm sure they still sound the same. You have you have heard a song by them since 2004. Unfortunately, that's a fact. Maybe. Yeah, uh, they were still pretty big too in high school, I guess. But that would have been the last time I ever heard anything by them was in high school, which would mean like 2008 was probably their last album. Then. When did Rockstar come out? Oh, yeah, Rockstar. That would have been, we would have been in like grade seven. So that might have been 2005, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rockstar. Yeah, with, uh, off of, was that off of Dark Horse? Oh, that, no. Yeah, no, that, I don't, I don't know the names of their albums at all. Sorry. Marty did a Canadian music trivia night with us the other day, and, uh, there was some Nickelback stuff on there, as, as there should be. Oh, was there a pew, pew, pew question? You know what? I don't think there was, and I know it's really upsetting, but... What? Why? Okay, get Marty on the phone. Get get him back. (laughs) Right now. Get him off of FIFA 2006 and get him in here. (laughs) Speaking of which, now might be a good time to introduce the podcast. Did you want me to try it out this week? Sure, go for it. This is is your big episode, so... Yeah, right, let me just crack my knuckles here real quick. This is going to be my episode this week, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the GameCube Was Cool podcast, the podcast hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. It goes live every Thursday on your favorite podcast service. We're on Spotify, Apple Music. You can also give us a follow on Instagram. We are the GameCube Pod. Every week, Mike and I, we take a few games out of the GameCube's library. We read the back of the case. We talk about how good or bad they were, and we kind of try and give them a little bit of a review. The goal is that by the end of this podcast, we have reviewed all 555 North American GameCube releases. Today, on episode 6, the podcast is all about the AAA Nintendo GameCube game, Pikmin, which was released on December 2nd, 2001, developed by Nintendo EAD, the same developers that brought us Luigi's Mansion, created and produced by the Nintendo legend Shigeru Miyamoto, all in all, it sold about 1.19 million copies, making it the 25th highest-selling GameCube game. It would be considered an action platformer, puzzle, and RTS. It is not a match three puzzle game. I, I don't even know what that is. A match three color game? Yeah, what is that? It's a game that a lot of boomers would like to play on the bus. Oh, oh my, okay. It's when you have to match up three colors together, I guess, like Candy Crush. Okay, I just I just like associate with that, like the Zynga games. Yeah, match three puzzle game. I, I thought you were being facetious. <laughs> but yeah, so this game came out right after the GameCube launched, maybe two, two and a half weeks after. So it was really soon after Luigi's Mansion and all those launch games. But I have very little memory of it coming out just because we were so young and I was still playing N64. Do you have any memories of this game coming out, like the commercials or any sort of marketing? I So I remember a lot of the GameCube commercials. I don't remember the specific Pikmin ones. I did watch them in uh preparation for this episode though (laughs) they are kind of funny they're very 2000s for sure yeah they're bad like it's it's so sad to say but uh they're they're not good Uh, i i think that the game the worst thing that this game did for itself was that they showed only gameplay in the commercials yeah i i also noticed that and that was weird because so nintendo nowadays is very 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 good in terms of their advertising and their marketing Mm -hmm. their animations and animated sequences for smash are some of the best animations I've ever seen, to be honest. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird that in 2001, they were going down the just like gameplay route Mm -hmm. in a game that you should, it's, you know what it's like? It's like showing gameplay for like League of Legends or something. It's the exact same thing, right? People, people don't want to see that. They want to see like the cool battling and stuff like, you know, 
like uh the same thing goes for those what's what's the term you use for those the like facebook games? uh not the match three puzzle games but uh yeah match three puzzle games yeah yeah oh okay yeah. yeah like the same uh it's like the same kind of advertising that you see for match three puzzle games you never see the actual gameplay of that like who cares no you see, yeah like, you see people having fun with it or something else something unrelated completely yeah you have kate upton sometimes you know showing this like the ward the you know those games <laughs> which celebrity endorsement do you think that they should have got for pikmin like what what celebrity do you think would have sold this game better do you think that they should have got brendan fraser <laughs> <laughs> no brendan fraser would have been for sphinx and the cursed mummy of course from last episode <laughs> <laughs> of course yes of course because of the mummy that would have been a perfect movie tie-in oh man yeah I, I love that movie but like do you you should watch it again just saying the mummy oh no i can't can't rewatch it no i'm not gonna do that no way uh shout out to brendan fraser though canadian oh no i'll always have a soft spot for brendan fraser wink but um no i'm sure he's really weird now i can't imagine he's normal i think he's like he had some issues i think he like he he was drinking a lot maybe one day we can get him on the show though but anyway, the, the advertising for this game was interesting because the gameplay that they showed in the commercials, I didn't find it particularly exciting. Even though this game was probably meant to be targeted towards our age group, we were eight years old when the GameCube or when this game came out. Uh, you've got these bright, colorful characters, some nice, fun music. The game is rated E for everyone, so it was meant to be for us. But unless you're a young kid and you happen to be interested in resource management, time management, stress... Uh, this game probably wasn't going to be for you, and I just think that they they didn't really know how to market this game at the time. I think that with later entries like Pikmin 2 and 3, they started to understand, I think, how to use these characters properly uh, to, to incorporate the characters more into the real world as we know it, sort of having them CG'd into cities and houses and stuff like that, having them move around actual things. It, it was a better way to show off the characters and and their personalities. There's those uh, at the Nintendo store in New York, you can buy a Pikmin shirt with the Pikmin coming out of the, the gutter, which is kind of cool. You can buy that, and I did buy it. <laughs> That's right, you did, yes. I had the Mario one. Yes, yeah, of course. No, uh, yeah, no, that, that's where I think Pikmin shine most. It's it's when you see them interacting in real places. It's not so much when you're watching someone else play Pikmin because that's not exciting for anybody, unless you like the game already, but no one could have possibly already liked the game before it came out. Of course. And again, it goes back to any kind of real-time strategy game. It's the same across the board. You can't advertise something which is showing gameplay. You have to show the 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 fun that you have with it and like the experiences that you have with those characters because that's what it's about right it's about the characterization of the game if you can feel attached to these characters and wanting to play more then you being successful and that's what Animal Crossing does like that's that's the perfect example there Animal Crossing takes a very kind of mundane concept that has been done a thousand times before a life sim almost. And they make it, Nintendo makes it their own and make it very fun and make it want, uh, you want to go back to it. And I can argue that Pikmin, this was uh, Nintendo's attempt to make a real-time strategy game because there really isn't any Nintendo first parties that are, would be considered RTS. Do you, can you think of any? No, the closest thing I could probably think of to Pikmin would be something like Advance Wars or maybe Fire Emblem. Yeah, but those, those are, those are more... What do you call it? Tactical RPGs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. especially Advanced Wars would be a tactical yeah, RPG. Yeah, grid-based. Yeah, I've never played anything quite like Pikmin. As far as I know, there's nothing really that's similar to it on PlayStation, Xbox, or on PC. I don't know enough about PC. There might be some games similar on Steam. The closest game I can think of to this would be something like Wonderful 101 on the Wii U. 
I, I've heard a lot of good things about Wonderful 101. I saw that it just got remastered on mm-hmm. the Switch. Yep. Yeah, that game is going to be remastered on Switch and PS4. That game got it got a Kickstarter to be remastered on PS4, which is really strange. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, but Wonderful 101 would probably be the next closest thing to something like Pikmin that I guess people could check out. The only real memory I have of playing Pikmin at the time was in a McDonald's. McDonald's used to have those kiosks that you could play games on. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, McDonald's used to have these kiosks set up in in their restaurants where you could play video games on. There'd be like four little TVs set up. I don't think it ever got later than the GameCube, though. GameCube was the last system for sure. They did not have Wii. There's no way they had Wii. No, I don't even think that they had PlayStation 2s. I remember playing... N64 and GameCube in the McDonald's near us, at least. Yeah, same here. And Pikmin is not a game that you can just pick up and play midway through. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, that's true. Why would they have Pikmin in a McDonald's? I don't know, because Pikmin, it has a very strict day cycle where every 15 minutes in the real world is one day in the Pikmin world. So in gameplay time, you have 15 minutes to get everything done that you need to do before the time runs out and you need to put everybody back to bed. Because Olimar and the Pikmin cannot survive at night. It's because the creatures uh, can eat them. They're uh, carnivorous uh, nocturnal creatures. Right. Enemies are fairly dormant because they're sleeping during the day. So when you meet them, you wake them up and then fight them. But then at night, they become very violent. So you have to hide. Uh, Kind of like Dying Light, if you will. (laughs) Or I Am Legend. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. So if you pick up this game five minutes in, you've got 10 minutes left in the day and you don't know what's going on. You've got 10 reds, two yellow Pikmin and a blue one, and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or where the next piece is. So that's great. Now, red is the, that's the best one, correct? Red is like the, the, the best Pikmin you can get. 100% yeah so if you want to play this game properly you really have to be mining red pikmin all day this is what i love about this game and how there's so much different replayability with say how many pikmin you kind of put a self cap at but i would recommend you can most likely beat the game with less than 200 blue pikmin less than 100 yellow pikmin and then like between three and 400 red pikmin those are your attack guys you just want to chuck them at enemies non-stop Uh, yeah, so maybe I'll just go back to the beginning of the game so I can sort of explain how the mechanics work and the story and everything like that. Right. Ooh, you should, we should talk about what, uh, what ship he comes on to this planet. Yes. Okay, perfect. So this game starts off pretty quick. Again, it's another Nintendo developed game similar to the Luigi's Mansion plot. So the game is very quick. I think the average playtime is probably between five to seven hours. I beat it in, I think, three and then the fastest speedrun I could find on YouTube was 58 minutes. Yeah, watch that. That was crazy. Yeah, that's the one I showed you. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, Olimar is a astronaut. Uh, he's exploring the stars. Not sure what planet he's from. Is it Holotate? Hocotate. Hoco- yes. Hocotate. Thank you. I didn't take that many notes this time, Mike. He's also one inch, eh? That's, they, they describe him as a one inch tall humanoid extraterrestrial. But, I mean... Uh, I guess they just gave up on that notion for Smash, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, he's a few inches taller in Smash Bros., I think. (laughs) So we tune in with Olimar. He is flying through space in his little spaceship known as the Dolphin, which we know now is the codename for the GameCube before it was named the GameCube. Yeah, I thought that was was pretty cool, the SS Dolphin, little little nod to to the the codename. Yeah, a little wink and a nod to their codename for the console. I, I love that touch to the game. 
his ship gets unfortunately hit by an asteroid very violently actually and he is crash landed onto this mysterious planet which very closely resembles earth there are many a fan theory to suggest that it is in fact earth it's almost certainly earth post-apocalyptic earth actually like you see eventually pop bottle caps you see duracell batteries right all the animals that you see really closely resemble uh, creatures that you see on planet Earth, but since that there are no people, the animals have adapted and evolved, so they're all slightly different than the animals that we know, but you can kind of see the resemblance. Yeah. But for now, uh, Olimar has crash-landed on this Earth-like planet, which in later Pikmin games, they codename it as Planet PNF-404. That is the name that Olimar and his jolly group of friends decide to call this planet. And this name was just basically an abbreviated version of the computer error. Uh, page not found, 404. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. I did not... Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I, I think that they name it PNF404 in Pikmin 3. That's a discovery in that game. But for this game, it's just known as an unknown distant... Okay, planet. that's cool. We'll no doubt get to Pikmin 3 in the inevitable Wii U series that we will one day probably have to do. <laughs> so yeah, you're shipwrecked on this distant planet, which is totally not exactly like Earth. Uh, and you have 30 days to find all 30 pieces. Otherwise, Olimar will unfortunately perish of an oxygen poisoning. Yeah, I mean, again, that kind of shows that it's Earth, right? There's oxygen. He can't survive in oxygen. Oxygen is toxic to poor little Olimar. It's an oxygen-rich planet, uh, so you actually find out later on in the game that you can beat it with less than 30 parts. You can actually beat it with only 25 parts. So if you get to the end of the game, day 30, and you have anywhere between 25 and 30, you can actually roll the game the credits without dying. This game actually has three endings. Yes, it would have the, the bad ending, which is he dies from oxygen poisoning. That's that's actually my favorite ending. So if you uh, get to the end of the game and you have less than 25 parts and it's day 30, Olimar, you, you just read this journal entry that says, I am so tired. And then that's it. The game is over. Oh, wow. That's really dark. It's very dark. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do a bit of research into that. I, I'm bragging. I have never got that ending. I promise. Wow. Yeah, so then there's the second ending of the game where you get 25 parts, you reach day 30, and but I don't think the Pikmin follow you, so it's kind of like a medium to happy ending. Not the best ending, but it's not the worst. Hmm. The Pikmin will just kind of stay behind on the planet and hope that maybe one day they're reunited with Olimar. Obviously, they will eventually. Uh, but if you get the good ending, you get uh, all 30 parts within 30 days. Olimar takes off successfully, and the Pikmin will actually take off with him in their little spaceships as well. And you have like a nice little happy, fun credits with uh, enemy animations. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of that. That's the happy ending that you want to get. So yeah, kind of a neat concept. Uh, there's three different endings depending on how you decide to play the game and how well you do. But uh, Olimar is stuck on this planet. He needs to find out a way to gather all these parts before his oxygen, uh, before the oxygen kills him. So he finds this species of alien, which he decides will, I guess, help him. Which he, of course, calls Pikmin. Because they remind him of Pik-Pik carrots back home. Hmm. Yeah, and then he decides to call... The Pikmin live in these little ship orb things on three legs, kind of like a right. tripod, which he calls their onion, because the ships resemble an onion, like the vegetable. 
I found it really kind of strange that Olimar crash landed on this planet and he all of a sudden just had a name for these this species of alien. He called them Pikmin. Like, do you think that the Pikmin were kind of just like walking around like, hey, no, I'm Steve, that's <laughs> Jeff, that's Mike. <laughs> I like to think that. Yeah, he kind of just like crashes on this planet and he just decides to start naming things even though he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, you know, figure out how everybody's thinking. I mean, like the Pikmin look dumb, but I mean, maybe they're very highly advanced species intellectually. I don't know. So, uh, Olimar discovers the three colors of Pikmin. Uh, you first find the red ones, which, Mike, you said those are like your brute force Pikmins. Those are the ones that you want to have a lot of. You then find your blue Pikmin, which are the only ones that can survive in water. And then you find the yellow Pikmin, which are lighter, so you can throw them higher, get to higher reach places. Right. You find out in later games that each of the Pikmin actually have different powers than that. But for, uh, for the first game, they keep it fairly basic. Each Pikmin only has really one special ability, uh, and you only have the three colors. And as fans of the series now know, there's, of course, you have the uh, black Pikmin, purple, white, and pink Pikmin. Yeah, yeah, we're just talking about Pikmin 1 today. We will have another episode that details Pikmin 2 in all its entirety. Yep. So now the 30 days to find the 30 parts has been uh, assisted with the Pikmin to help. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it for the plot of the game in a nutshell. There's only three worlds in the whole game. It's really small. Uh, not counting the opening area where you crash land and the final boss fight, there's only three main worlds where you find parts and Pikmin to play the game in. I mean, if it's like a five hour to eight hour game, you know, that's kind of, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so there's Distant Spring, Forest Naval, and Forest Hope. And I think two of those levels are Smash Bros. courses, right? I was going to say, that's I know those names because of Smash for sure. Yeah, yeah. Forest of Hope for sure is in there. I think so is Distant Spring, but Forest Naval is not. Who just like is like, it's like a, uh, Forest of Hope is like the really big stage, correct? And the other one is the small stage with the guy who just like waiting to eat you. On the, on the right side of the screen. Yeah, where it's like a downward slope, and if you fall, you get eaten. Kind of like a sarlacc pit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just to just to prepare for this episode, I played the game twice in the last week or two. First time through, I beat it in 23 days, Pikmin days. <laughs> and then the second time through, I decided to try and play it a little bit better, and the best I could do was 18 Pikmin days. So you're saying I could beat it in 30 days. The game's not hard. I, I know people bash it because they find it stressful with the day system. But if you're like really trying, like really trying, I, I don't think that it's that out of out of the question to beat the game in way less than, than 30 days. But I actually like that about the game. Like I like that there's a sense of urgency to get things done. Yes, I definitely think you could figure it out. The game is not like Majora's Mask where you have to beat the game in three days, otherwise the whole world ends. I think Pikmin is a lot less stressful than that. I, I think you could definitely figure it out. Majora's Mask is hard. I don't think people give Majora's Mask enough credit. Like, that's a hard game. Yeah, to play that game back in the day, like pre-internet, like, good luck with that. I mean, even with a guide and everything, it's still a hard game. <laughs> yeah, I remember using, my my friend had the guide, the Majora's Mask guide, and I remember have like reading it to try and figure out what the hell I was doing. Because it's confusing, especially to a little kid. Like, I yeah. don't know what I was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think uh, Ramon has joined us here. Ramon, can you hear us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. Hi, Neil. Hi. It's very rare for me to meet a Pikmin fan. <laughs> yeah, we're apparently a far few in between. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely a dying breed for sure. <laughs> it's not too surprising. The franchise only has three, three and a half, if you want to count Hey Pikmin. 
Altogether, it's only sold about 4 million units worldwide, which is a bit of a failure for a first-party franchise to sell on average a million copies per release. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a small but, uh, but vocal community. Yeah, don't it's make just, us mad. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't there multiple installments already? Yes, there's Pikmin 2, Pikmin 3, and then there's also Hey Pikmin on the 3DS. Nintendo has also released Pikmin 1 and 2 on the Wii. So both those games have been released twice, and even that didn't really boost numbers. So Pikmin 1 was released in 2001, Pikmin 2 was released in 2004... Pikmin 3 was released on the Wii U in 2013, and then Hey Pikmin was released on the 3DS in 2017. I didn't play that one. I tried out the demo, and I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's 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 not really the real game, right? It's just kind of like a spinoff? Yeah, it's more of like a 2D side-scrolling puzzle-solving platforming game. It's almost like that they took Olimar from Smash Bros. in a game. Oh. So you don't have 3D visuals like you do in a traditional Pikmin game. You just have the 2D plane, and you move from left to right. Not fun. <laughs> so, Ramon, do you have memories of playing this game back in the day when it originally came out, or did you play it way later, like me? I've played this as a kid, mostly. So, let me just start off and say. So, I was pretty late with my GameCube entry. Um, I probably got mine probably three years after it got released. I finessed my mom in to get me one at, at Best Buy. Nice. Um, Pikmin was... So, I, I was pretty late in the GameCube world in general, so... Um, me and my sister were playing Sunshine. For, that was our first game, obviously, but we didn't have a memory card. So we had to restart every week. So um, that's our understanding of GameCube. So um, when we got Pikmin, so I've only played Pikmin 1, I believe, and half of Pikmin 2. Okay. It was probably five years into the GameCube. So I was pretty late on it. Okay, so the Wii was out then, so like well into the Wii's life cycle as well. Oh yeah, we were super late in my household with gaming consoles. <laughs> it, it's a good way to go. Like the games are all out at that point. The games are even cheap too, and you can read all the reviews to see what's good and what's not. Oh, exactly. So um, with Pikmin specifically, I have a very fond memories of it because the way that I acquired it was illegal. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> and we don't have to get into that one, but... <laughs> Let's just say I'm also a Pikmin in character since I yeah you that took thing. it you you took it and ran <laughs> took it and ran but yeah so I I I've only seen the ads for it when I started playing it um I think the first time I encountered playing it was like many people playing the demo at a McDonald's oh yeah Neil, Neil was just saying that yeah 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 that's what I was saying same as me and I was saying to Mike like that's not the type of game that you can just pick up and play halfway through and, and understand what's going on while you're standing there waiting for your happy meal oh no exactly it's like the game to a kid is I'm collecting garbage <laughs> <laughs> that's the pitch to, for it to me yeah but like if you're just picking up this game randomly like in a McDonald's and you've got a couple reds a yellow and one blue <laughs> you're just not going to have a good time so it, Pikmin was not like part of the like the lineup, or was it? Because I remember seeing ads for it. Yeah, so it so Pikmin so Pikmin launched December second, two thousand one, which was about two and a half weeks after the GameCube launch. So it's basically a launch game to be to be fair. Yeah, and, and also the same day that Pikmin launched, uh, Melee launched as well. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, no, that would not have helped it. <laughs> Yeah, which was, that's very weird. That That's something that Nintendo will never do again. They don't do that now. They're pretty smart with, like, their staggering of releases. They'll actually, like, stagger things per month now. 
but I guess at this time they really need to make up some sales. <laughs> and so they were like, okay, let's just put everything on in, in December and try and get kids <laughs> to buy it. Yeah. And clearly people didn't like more people. They went with Smash Bros because that was already a pre-established franchise. It was released on the N64 only two years later. It was really popular. People aren't as likely to take a chance on a new franchise. They, they aren't now. And, and clearly they, they weren't then either. But it was a new franchise, which is really kind of nice. I mean, Nintendo doesn't make a ton of new franchises uh, anymore. They mm -hmm. Since Pikmin, I think the only new one that they've come out with was uh, Splatoon. Yeah, Mike and I weren't late GameCube guys. We, we I think I would say we picked up the GameCube mid-GameCube life cycle. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And yeah, Ramon, for full disclosure, I have never played Pikmin. I know Pikmin, Oof. obviously. I know Pikmin through Olimar, to be fair. Like from, from when Smash? I, yeah, from Smash. Uh, when I had Brawl, I remember being like, who is this guy? <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, that's like how people discovered Earthbound or Fire yeah. Emblem. Like yeah. Smash Bros is like a gateway drug for Nintendo <laughs> franchises. I didn't get Pikmin until way later. I didn't pick it up until 2014, which is when I played it all the way through for the first time. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, my, my story, Ramon, with GameCube, I guess I could say, is that Mike and I, we, we got the GameCube around the same time, and we both instantly fell in love with it. And, you know, we played probably the same 10 or 12 games throughout our childhood. But, you know, uh, as we transitioned into high school, we, we got into new stuff. We played more PlayStation and Wii. And then later on, I decided, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go back and collect for this system and, and maybe go back and see what I missed. And now I have about 45 or 50 GameCube games. And one of those games is Pikmin. I, I bought it. I bought it legally. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't want to brag. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was kind of a funny story. I bought the game and it arrived and I popped the game into the GameCube and the disc didn't work. And I was super worried because I bought it. I think it was $60 at the time and I was kind of worried. But I thought like, oh, crap, you know, I'm going to email this seller and they're going to think I'm lying that I'm just trying to get like a free a refund on this game. But they sent me another disc, which was really lucky. But anyway, I played the game. Uh, I got the, the replacement disc, and that one worked. And I remember I played it for maybe a half an hour. And my first impression, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> it just didn't appeal to me. Like, it wasn't exciting. It was kind of boring. But the game just, like, slowly got into my head. Like, I slowly got addicted to the game to the point where I was thinking about it when I wasn't playing it, like, at work or something. Just, like, having to manage your resources <laughs> and your time, it just got very addicting to me. That's exactly my experience. I feel like if I picked it up as like a kid, um, like, you know, early on in the GameCube life, I would have not understood it. Like, I think only after, you know, picking it up so late, you really appreciate, you know, how like bizarre it is. But it's also very simple. Yeah, there's only three colors of Pikmin in this game. It's not as insane as the later games. And you only have one playable character, which is Olimar. You don't have Louie yet or the third character who they introduced in that's Pikmin too, that's 3. That's too much. I mean, that's, <laughs> keep it simple. Yeah, it gets to be a little bit... It helps on the Wii U because you have the extra screen. Yeah, that, that did help. I liked Pikmin 3, but uh, Pikmin 1 is still my favorite just because of how, how simple it is. Now, you're talking about playing it for the first time in a McDonald's Ramon. So our experience, or Neil's experience, was obviously like, what the hell is this? Was that your experience as well? Oh, Absolutely. It's like, so I'm a human alien thing and I crash land into an, I, uh, to, I think earth. Um, and then all I do is pick up these little mindless little plants and we like go kill <laughs> yeah. and colonize the, the planet. Like this is so bizarre. Like, <laughs> right. But it was hella cute. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing too, is that like the, the graphics and the art style definitely drew people in. I was saying this earlier with the fact with like how I compared it to Animal Crossing in the sense that they're both taking very generic concepts like a real-time strategy or life sim that you can basically do anywhere, but they're making, they're putting their own Nintendo spin on it and creating these kind of cute characters and uh, areas that you actually want to keep exploring and you get really addicted to it. Like Animal Crossing is the same way, Neil. It's like, I, you know, when I'm working, I'm definitely thinking about my island. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I love that. And it's so cool. Like, I don't know if you can do this in Animal Crossing, but I know like in Pikmin, if you have a bad day, like you lose a lot of Pikmin in a battle, you can reset the day to start over. Like, yeah, I want to keep my playthrough as clean and concise as as I can. Did you used to do that, Ramon? Oh, 100%. I collected every dead body every item and if i lost like more than five pikmin i did not save that day either (laughs) so how did you go about playing the game like was your goal to keep your pikmin death count low or were you trying to finish the game in as little amount of time as possible there's so much replayability you can play the game in different ways so how how did you go about playing it so i was pretty uh, i'd say i was more of a passive player in the sense of um if i didn't have to enter a boss battle or didn't fight like some kind of creature i would not because i don't want to lose my pikmin i spent so much time you know plucking them up from the ground feeding them that syrup or that uh that thing that made them bloom um and even finding them because was it pikmin one or pikmin two when they had like the white ones and the purple ones that that's pikmin two that's pikmin two okay yeah so like even and like so finding those quote-unquote specialty um pikmin it was yeah i i I somehow I grew fond of them and I didn't want to lose them. So I try to avoid any conflicts or anything <laughs> that would make me um, lose any Pikmin. And then like when you do lose Pikmin, the way that they die, it's so heartbreaking. Like you'll hear them drowning in water and they're struggling. Really? They give out like that little high pitched sigh and then you see a little Pikmin ghost come out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Oh, I mean, like you see that in Smash, right? When they get when they get killed, the, the ghost comes up. Yeah, that is. I never really thought of that because it's in Smash and it's everyone's dying. But like, yeah, in the actual game, that would be kind of heartbreaking. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, they, they do a good job in making you feel attached to the Pikmin. And then when the Pikmin, when you lose them, you it's like, oh, man, that sounded really painful. Yeah, even though. So I don't know about. Um, so, Mike, they're the white Pikmin. Um, they're poisonous, quote unquote. So you can actually feed them to an enemy. And then I think that enemy gets poisoned. Oh, interesting. But I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, yeah, the white Pikmin were valuable. Like, yeah, they were very hard to find. Yeah, and you get attached, you don't want to lose them. I, I, I definitely get that. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a good game in that sense. They they pull out your heartstrings, you know? And and like I was saying, I, I played the game twice this week to prepare for the episode, and the game holds up very well. I, I played the game on an original GameCube, on a CRT tube TV, and I didn't have any problems with frame rate dips. Uh, the, the graphics looked great. Uh, no glitches or anything like that. The the field of view is a little bit small, smaller than normal. Um, but to have a hundred animated, individually animated Pikmin on screen at one time, plus Olimar, that that was a huge accomplishment. The game it was really ahead of its time for a game in two thousand one. So uh, I can actually talk a bit about that because I actually know the technical stuff about this game. Sure. Uh, Go for it. So I don't know if you've ever heard of something called Super Mario 128. Uh, So that was kind of like a tech demo that Nintendo did right after Super Mario 64. It was originally going to be to have the sequel of 64, but they ended up going down a different route. And a lot of games got spawned from this this, uh, tech demo. 
And one of the games, the biggest game, was uh, Pikmin. And the idea was that it was called 128, not because it was uh, just doubling 64, but it was 128 because you could simultaneously animate 128 Marios on screen. And so Miyamoto thought this was a perfect chance to use this for Pikmin so that you could, like like you just said, animate Olimar and, you know, however many Pikmin you want. So the technical requirements were 128 uh, animatable things. Yeah, no, yeah, that's 100% accurate. And I'm glad that they decided to use that tech to make a new franchise instead of maybe making a, another Mario game with the 128 mm-hmm. Mario gimmick. Kind of like how they made a Luigi's game with a survival horror mechanic to it. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't go with the Mario route with this mechanic. <laughs> that would have been irritating. But but yeah, in, in 2001, to have that many characters moving on screen was ahead of its time. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I don't think... Oh yeah, especially especially when you're since it's like a resource management kind of game, like you can have this group of Pikmin doing this thing while you run over to this side and like you know collapse a bridge, and over here you're collecting you know some kind of item, and they're all doing it in the same time. So that's pretty amazing for you know that tiny disc on a GameCube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially since GameCube's uh, power was not the same as a PS2 or Xbox at that time. You know, it, was, it wasn't wasn't as powerful. So it's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, and with the, with the whole story being told, there's not even any voice acting either. Yeah, like with most Nintendo franchises, not a lot of voice acting. You never even hear Olimar make any screams or laughs. He just has his whistle. Uh, the story is told at the end of every day with one of his journal entries. That's kind of how the story is told and how... Oh, okay. Yeah, so every day he'll write a story about like maybe how he lost a Pikmin in a bad bomb explosion <laughs> or, you know, uh, maybe he finds a piece uh, of his ship that'll make uh, the uh, commute more comfortable. Uh, eventually he starts reminiscing about his family. We find out Olimar has a son and a daughter. So you get emotionally attached to this character through journal entries instead of something like Mario where you have a voice actor, Charles Martinet, voicing him. One thing I found pretty interesting when I was researching the game was that Olimar is a very close uh, anagram for Mario in Japanese. Oh, really? Yeah, they just took Mario, rearranged the letters, and I I guess they added an L. Interesting. Yeah, so you can almost spell Olimar with Mario. (laughs) That's true. Never thought of that. Yeah. So, so Ramon, I got to ask, do you have a favorite enemy from the Pikmin universe? Do you remember the names of any of the enemies when when you played it so long ago? So I don't know what was going on that time when I was playing GameCube, but I I think I was really really scared for some reason. Like I, it took me years to finish Luigi's Mansion. Like, so scared. <laughs> so do you know? Um, I don't know if they're my favorite, but the two more more like frightening ones was that bird that came out of the floor. Yeah. So I wrote down a few of the enemy names down. That one would have been the burrowing snagret. Uh, also known as a ground swan, which is what I wrote down in brackets. It would come out of nowhere and just like demolish your team. That's what I remember. Yeah, it was like this really creepy, you have to fight three of them in this area to get the piece that you need. So like we said earlier, you pretty much just have to uh, run in with a hundred red Pikmins and just fight your way out. And if the Pikmin are gathered around the base of its neck, it'll be able to eat them. So what you have to do is you have to throw the red Pikmin on top of its head where they'll be able to do more damage. But yeah, that section is kind of terrifying. It reminds me a little bit like that movie Tremors. That one and the it's like a giant like airbag and it just blows your Pikmin away. I don't think it hurts them. It just blows them away and you have to like recollect them. Yeah, it's kind of like a giant Zeppelin with an elephant tusk on it. What the hell? Yeah, that one is just more annoying. 
those ones are annoying. They're just kind of hard to kill. Because you'll just be walking around with your big army of Pikmin and this thing just comes and blows them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then some of them will get blasted into the water and drown. Yeah. So, so I wrote down a couple of the enemies here. The most iconic enemy from the game would be the ball bear. That's the one that you think of when you're thinking of the frog-like enemy with the red and white spots on the back. Mike, that's the one from that Smash Bros. course that tries to eat you. Yeah. Uh, there's the yep. dwarf ball bear, the spotty ball bear, kind of like those toad things. And then at the very end, you fight the elder ball bear. That's like the final boss. Ooh. And then there's the fiery blowhogs, which are kind of like pigs with flamethrowers on their faces. Those ones were kind of frustrating to fight. And then there's also the swooping snitch. Also pretty annoying. He'll kind of just swoop down and pick up your Pikmin and then just bury them. Yeah. Like he'll just pick up two of your Pikmin by their little heads and just chuck them into the ground and you have to go find them and dig them back up again. Yeah. Oh, God, I remember that one. Oh, God, I remember I'm getting triggered. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, right, is that this game is really good at triggering you and definitely making you frustrated at times because you're so invested into these characters, into these Pikmin. You're like, no, no one can hurt these things. No. Yeah. And when the day is coming to an end and you've got your Pikmin and and you've got to rush back to your your home base and maybe there's a bunch of Pikmin carrying a a part of your ship or they're carrying a dead body back to to spawn more Pikmin. It's just this stressful moment of, uh, you know, the day is coming to a close. You don't want to burn a day. And there's a countdown that's just it makes it really tense and your palms are sweating and you're hoping that the Pikmin make it back in time. (laughs) Because if they don't, there's any Pikmin that are left out at night. We'll you'll see like this little animation at the very end where uh the Pikmin are kind of scrambling around and then one of the enemies will come out and just eat them. And it's just really sad to watch. Oh, yeah. Now, Ramon, have you gotten all three endings? There's multiple endings. <laughs> so the Neil was saying that there is the good ending, which is you get all 30 parts and yeah. all of our Pikmin come with you and it's all done. Uh, yeah. There's the, I guess, like medium ending where you get 25 parts and you leave, but you leave the Pikmin behind. And then there's the bad ending where you don't make the 30 days or the 30, you don't uh, finish it in time and uh, you die of oxygen poisoning. Wow. I didn't realize there was multiple endings. <laughs> no, the collective, the collector in me finished 100%. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the speed run for this game, uh, the one that I watched was the guy on YouTube. He beats the game in six days. The game only has around 8,000 views, which just kind of goes to show you how many people don't give a damn about this game. (laughs) Now, have you played this recently, Ramon? No, I haven't played it in like my game keeps back in Mississauga, so I haven't played it in like probably five, six years. And I didn't realize that they had ones in like Pikmin 3 onwards either. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Pikmin 3 was made for the Wii U, which uh, no one bought, so that is a... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Uh, 13 million people bought it, so, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> only 13 million people bought the Wii U, and then only a million of those people bought the Pikmin 3. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair and enough. then there was Hey Pikmin on 3DS, but yeah. I, I don't know if you guys talked about this, and I feel like this is the only time I can ask. Does anyone know anything about, like, the lore of it? Because are we... We're on Earth, right? When you play Pikmin? Yeah, the theory goes that like it's a post-apocalyptic Earth. There's no people left, which is why you don't have anybody saying, hey, welcome to Earth. Uh, It's just animals that have pretty much evolved to the environment, which is why we see weird looking frogs and swans that bury themselves. And then there's the Pikmin on the planet, which we obviously don't have now. But maybe the Pikmin are humans. Maybe that's what, what they are. 
But they've never said that it's Earth. You can kind of tell that it is. I mean, you're picking up human garbage in Pikmin 2. Exactly. Like, they even managed to get uh, a little battery in Pikmin 2, which closely resembles a Duracell battery. I have no idea if Duracell paid for that uh, likeness, but... Interesting. So, that's why I was asking, because, like, so, that specific item, you pick up a Duracell battery for your ship. I just remember it. And then, so then if you look at the size of the Pikmin and um, Olimar, they're tiny. It's actually listed that Olimar is only one inch tall. Oh, wow. And then the Pikmin must be about that size too, because Olimar is not that much taller than the Pikmin. I always wonder, because he looks like a human, so I always wondered when I was little, like, is this a human? Like, why is he so tiny? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Olimar is actually an original human who flew off. Like in Interstellar, maybe he's coming from another populated planet and he's returning <laughs> yeah. back to Earth. <laughs> I like to go ahead and assume that it's Earth. I mean, it's an oxygen-rich planet. It's got water, trees, uh, animals, and bugs. But Nintendo is mysterious and they will never tell us. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, Ramon? Yeah, so in researching this game i just had to refresh my memory mm-hmm. um the first thing obviously anyone does is pikmin meme to see if there's <laughs> pikmin memes of course <laughs> i tried to find something remotely related to pikmin hashtags on instagram before starting the episode and i couldn't find anything so yeah please go ahead oh i was on the same boat. there's very very to little no um pikmin related meme so we gotta get that fan base going again we are trying the only one i found that was really funny <laughs> I don't know if I'm able to share this, but if you look up like blue Pikmin, okay, it's very specific, and like I think it came from Tumblr. So Mike, I don't know if you see, yeah. But so like a, a Pikmin, like originally, uh, especially the first one, they look really derpy. <laughs> yeah, especially the blue one. And for some reason, there's the this one that keeps popping up on on my searches, where it just it's a blue Pikmin, and it just on the bottom right corner it says I'm. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Ooh. So uh, maybe there's an LGBT kind of situation with the Pikmin because I always thought that if you grew up uh, playing Pikmin, you're either like in research management or a project manager. Or a <laughs> like, I think those are your three options or a combination. Wow. Yeah, no, you don't see a lot of Pikmin memes on online. It's not a <laughs> beloved Nintendo franchise like the other ones. Like it's not nearly as popular as, you know, Mario, Pokemon, Zelda, Star Fox and, and that. You know where I would actually see a lot of Pikmin stuff? And a lot of Pikmin like memes and drawings was on the what's the stage for Smash where you could draw stuff in the background? Oh, Meverse. A uh, Meverse. So there was like tons of Pikmin stuff there, like every single day. Pikmin is like the ultimate like deviant art like thing. <laughs> like I swear there's seen so many people who've just done like these weird Pikmin things uh, online. Like and I that's the first thing I found when I started like looking at Pikmin things. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a few blue Pikmin memes, that's for sure. One of them's just like one of them running. It just says, hi, I'm Joe. I like pie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess it is a good time for me to read the back of the box for Pikmin 1. Yep. So uh, if we could get the jingle inserted now. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. 
My name is Captain Olimar. I've crash landed on a strange planet. My ship is in pieces. My only hope for survival lies with odd creatures I call Pikmin. Perhaps it is because I have plucked each of them from the earth, but these, pic but these Pikmin seem to obey my every command. Up to 100 follow me at a time. Pikmin fight fiercely, and in great numbers, they can vanquish the mon monstrous predators of this planet. After battles, they doom the fallen enemies back to their nests to be transformed into more Pikmin. I have only 30 days before my life support system fails me, and I succumb to this toxic oxygen. Fortunately, the Pikmin are tireless in their efforts to help. They just read what's on the back of the case. There's words written on the back of the case. They just read them. And that's what's written on the back of the case. That's it, eh? That's that's weird. That I I don't know if I would want that as a kid. I'd just read that and be like, what? No. Like it's every every box from that era is like, uh, see these stunning new graphic visuals. Play is, you know, this person here and uh, like it, it's always like such a a push like a very like YTV commercial kind of style, but this is like I don't even yeah, know. Very strange, strange box art. This is for a this journal game. Entry, it doesn't I guess, look but... great uh, by today's standards, at least. Mm -hmm. It does include all three colored Pikmin on the front. They're fighting one of the ball bears, and Olimar's there as well. Uh, they're fighting, and Olimar's pointing at something. It's probably pretty hard to convey what this game is all about with just a with just a cover yeah and can i just say as you're reading that box synopsis if you replace the word pikmin with potato that is the synopsis for the martian oh true yeah true it is very similar to the martian <laughs> yeah because like with the journal entries right it's a lot like um uh mark watney i think that's the name of the character from the book but it is a lot like the Martian. I mean, he's only got a few days to survive, and the only thing helping him are potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners, if they're interested in picking up the game today uh, on GameCube, if you're looking for the game on eBay, it's probably going to be between $50 and $100, depending on the condition and if it comes with a manual and whatnot. The game was also released on Wii, which we talked about. It's a bit cheaper. I've heard that the Wii version is actually pretty good because they updated the controls to make it fit with the pointer. Uh, that game's a bit cheaper. It'll only cost you about 50 bucks at most. The Wii version is a bit more affordable, but this is a GameCube podcast. Well, uh, if there's not anything else to add, Ramon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciated all your great Pikmin insight. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me, you guys. It's fun. Yeah, oh, of course. Bye, Ramon. It was really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Neil. We'll have to have you back for Pikmin 2 and uh, maybe Sunshine as well. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone wants to get on Sunshine. I have a lot of thoughts on Sunshine, specifically the music. We're actually going to be doing the Sunshine podcast uh, episode 18 years to the day. Uh, that's when we're going to be doing it. So we'll... 18 years? Yeah, it's going to be 18 years. Do when you we feel do old yet? Yeah, August 26, 2002. Yep. I know, right? I just realized. I was like, wow. <laughs> it's been 13 years since I got my GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> Does your original GameCube still work? Oh, yeah. What color yeah. do you have? It's... We should ask every guest that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so mine is silver Ooh. with three Mad Cats controllers. <laughs> Get out of here. Time for you to go. Yes. Yeah. I have tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who like posted a picture of his GameCube recently and was, yeah, he's like, I only have Mad Cats controllers left. 
<laughs> I would recommend the Mad Cat's memory cards. Those were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good. I had those. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Ramon. I uh, really appreciate you coming on to talk to me about the game. Otherwise, it would have just been me explaining to Mike why I like the game so much. <laughs> of course, Mike, Mike, get on Pikmin. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Take care, buddy. Bye. Well, that was great to have. What a nice young man. Yes. Yeah. Ramon Sanchez. Uh, I know Ramon from university. We were on the same floor together. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I don't think I met him. No, I don't think you've met Ramon, but now, you, now you've virtually met him. Hey, man, it's good enough for me. That's all I can do these days. So one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit uh, with you, and just kind of, because I really don't know anything about this topic on Pikmin, is the music. I always really enjoyed the music. I always thought it was very calming, very nice, uh, very unique. What are your thoughts about the music? Yeah, I really love the music in this game. It definitely pairs well with the vibe of the game. Uh Miyamoto came up with the idea for the game while he was gardening. Oh, interesting. Which I find really interesting. So with music, you don't want a game that's super upbeat like Mario. You don't want a game or music for a game that's really tense like Zelda. It's not like a super adventure game like Pokemon. It's just a mellow game. So you want to have music that matches that, that kind of helps uh, put across a chill vibe. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's also paired with the sounds of nature, like you hear water rippling. Uh, you'll also hear like trees and leaves. It, it's not supposed to be a jungle sound. Like it doesn't necessarily sound at all like Donkey Kong. Yes, yeah, and that's a good that's a good distinction to make. It's not that kind of Donkey Kong jungle beat style that a lot of those uh, games had beforehand. It's a very much a different take on the kind of the scenery aspect and and taking the flora and fauna of everything. Yeah, there was a Pikmin commercial that came out before the game came out, and I guess that they didn't have the music uh, finalized yet because they used aspects of it, but they also used bongo drums, which made the music at least feel like a Donkey Kong Oh, really? Yeah, I don't really feel like you can use bongos in any other game other than Donkey Kong at this point. Yeah, that's that's a miss on that part for sure. But yeah, the music is used in Smash Bros and other games like that, so you can hear it there too. I always love that, and I I remember it too, especially on that one, the one stage with the water going down, the waterfall, and the the big the big boy on the right side. That uh, that stage, the Gar- Garden of Hope, right? Garden of Hope. Yeah, I think I think that's Garden of Hope. Garden of Hope, I think, is the stage where you've got like three different stages and platforms. Uh, Distant Planet is the one that you're thinking of. It is Distant Planet. Sorry, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, on Distant Planet. That I, I I love that that stage because it's always funny to knock people into the the big guy's mouth. But also because of the music, the music is awesome. It's really calming and it's really fun to see like this crazy smash battle going on while there's this calm, uh, kind of like music in the background. It reminds me of like walking in, like a Japanese garden or something, you know? Yeah, it's really mellow music to listen to. Like if you just wanted to have something on in the background while you're trying to fall asleep or reading, it's it's almost like a classical kind of music to it. It's really nice. I've never really had a problem with music in Nintendo games. Uh, the only one I can really think of is like the Splatoon music. I just find that annoying though. Like it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unique in that sense, right? So. And also, just on another note with sound design, I just like to make that little pointer that that this is the second Nintendo published game on the GameCube uh, where with the opening splash screen where you see Nintendo written in red, it's uh, done differently. You've got the Pikmin that sort of have their little Nintendo chirp and they say it instead, which is kind of different. This is the second game now that we've had where uh, instead of just having a basic Nintendo sound, they had something different like with Luigi's Mansion. 
uh, this one was also different. Yes, that's right. Yep. And I think with Smash, which I believe is our next first party game that we're going over, we'll probably see something similar as well. I mean, that's just the trend, uh, I think, of this console in general, is that they're trying to do something different. Yeah, yeah, they brought uh, two new franchises right there at the beginning. I mean, Luigi's Mansion is like half of a new franchise. Mm -hmm, That's right. This is the second AAA game that we were talking about. And these first two AAA games that Nintendo has on this console are both new franchises. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah, I could agree with that. But after Pikmin, I don't think that there were really any new concepts. No, uh, Animal Crossing, technically. Would be a new concept. Technically, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I guess that's true. But yeah, it's just interesting even looking at the list here right now, seeing Luigi's Mansion, Pikmin. uh, Melee is, you know, less of like that's part of the franchise for sure. Super Mario Sunshine, very, very different from 64. Completely different direction. Animal Crossing, Metroid Prime. I I would argue that's a completely new franchise. It's nothing to do with like Metroid, the early Metroids. It's the, you know, it's just like, it's just Metroid in name only, really. Yeah, yeah, they reinvented it. It's kind of like how Zelda was brought into the, the 3D realm with Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Look at look at at least 10 AAA games that are either new franchises or going completely off the path for that current franchise. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a thing in the NES days too, where the, the first game was what was what it was, and then the sequel was always just changed so radically. Like you have the the big difference between Mario One and Mario Two. Uh there's Zelda One to Zelda Two going from a top down open world game to a two D platforming game. Uh Metroid to Metroid Two is different. There was Castlevania, Mega Man. So yeah, the GameCube, it was kind of uh, not so much in the NES days. I felt like Link to the Past was more just an improvement on the original Zelda. Uh, Super Metroid was kind of an improvement on Metroid. But uh, And then the uh, GameCube uh, sequels, I found were just, they added something new, a new idea to the concepts that they originally had uh, established. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, like they made changes to the games, like what you said, with Luigi's Mansion is a different Luigi game. Pikmin is an entirely new franchise. Double Dash was a fresh take on Mario Kart. Metroid being brought into first person. They were, it was a time when they were taking risks on uh, franchises, which I don't really think we see too much anymore. I mean, there was... Uh, Breath of the Wild was a new take on Zelda, but since then we haven't really seen any real innovation with their existing franchises. It's true. No, it's very true. Now, to kind of start ending this podcast off, I'd like to ask you, what do you see as the future for Pikmin? Where do you see this going? Uh, Okay, I think about this a lot. We're going to talk about it again in Pikmin 2, but... I'd like to just, you know, Pikmin 2 won't be coming up till August 30th, 2004. You know, that's a ways away. <laughs> so Pikmin 4 was rumored to be in development back in 2014. That was about halfway through the Wii U's life cycle. To put it into context, we're about three and a half years into the Switch's life cycle. So I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that game since then. Uh, hey Pikmin was released a couple of years after so maybe that's what they were talking about but I think in terms of Switch you'll probably see a Pikmin 3 remake the Wii U remake on Switch and any sort of sequel to that I think will probably be in the next console's life cycle yeah because so I kind of have two thoughts on the matter so Pikmin I think is the perfect game for the Switch because it's the idea that you were talking about before you want to constantly be 
you know, you're constantly thinking about these guys. You're constantly thinking about like what to do and it's always on your mind. And the switch is, is the perfect, um, you know, recipe for that because <laughs> it, it allows you to take it anywhere. It allows you to play at any time. It's, you know, amazing in that sense. One of the reasons why things like Animal Crossing have sold so well on it. But my, my counterpoint to it then would be what could Pikmin 4 bring to the table that Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 haven't already? And I think that's my issue with the franchise and where its future lies. Yeah, that is a bit of an issue. Nintendo's not afraid to end franchises if they feel like that they've done all they can do. We know this, of course, with a game like F-Zero. That's why we don't see any new entries in that franchise. Pikmin has changed from game to game, though, with its sequels. Like, for example, Pikmin 1 was the only game uh, that had the 30-day uh, deadline, which I thought made it a bit more of an enjoyable game because there was that sense of urgency. Pikmin 2 and 3 sort of took away that 30-day deadline. Uh, there's still the day cycle, so you still have about 15 minutes to get everything done that you need to do. Uh, but you pretty much have unlimited time for the most part in both of those games, so that sense of urgency to get everything done is definitely gone. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see them go back to the 30-day uh, limit again just to see what they can do with that. I don't know really what else they could add. I'd rather not see them add another colored Pikmin because I think it's already too bloated as is. I could see the, the one thing that I could see them going towards is sort of like a social online cooperation style of, of game. I think that would be the most successful route that they could take because that would be cool. I could see a lot of cool things with that. Yeah, I always thought about Pikmin being more like a lonely game, uh, like a lone experience just because you're this astronaut crash landed on a strange planet. But I mean, I guess if I guess they could create a game where you land on a planet that's already been populated with intelligent life or you're on Olimar's home planet where there's already a civilization that might make a little bit more sense. Yeah, so I think there's potential for them to do some interesting things. Yeah, there's never been multiplayer in a Pikmin game. I don't think there was multiplayer in Pikmin 3, but it would be it would be kind of cool if you could hop online and maybe uh, go fight an enemy like a giant snake or something like that with a friend online or local multiplayer uh, in a Pikmin game. Yeah, because most real-time strategy games it are, are multiplayer, right? Like this is one of the few that, that you could argue isn't. Yeah, maybe you could play it like a game where you're creating your Pikmin and I'm controlling the enemies and it's sort of like a game of capture the flag where you have to try and capture some sort of an item and I'm supposed to create an army of enemies that keeps you away like with giant frogs or whatever's available in the game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, adding a multiplayer component might be a good move, especially with the Switch now. That's that's what I'm thinking, yeah, right? I, I feel like you have to put multiplayer into a Nintendo game now. Uh, I think making a solo experience only is somewhat risky. It worked with Zelda, but uh, Pikmin is a franchise that I think that they could probably reinvent without disrupting too many people. Like, it doesn't have that big of a fan base, so if they added something new, it wouldn't be that big of a problem. Uh, it's not so much a, like a franchise like Pokemon, where if they were to make a change now, it would definitely, they, they risk losing a lot of fans. Yeah, yeah, reinventing Pikmin is is fine for exactly what you said, and also the fact that the fans of the franchise would rather have you re reinvent it and put it out than not have anything at all. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And they try and they tried to reinvent the the wheel with Hey Pikmin, and that did not work. <laughs> so uh, with that, did you think maybe now's a good time to uh, close the episode? Did you want to send us off? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you have to say whether or not you think this is a must buy. What do you think, Neil? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Um, so if yeah, I would recommend that people pick up Pikmin on GameCube. If you're a collector of this this uh, this console generation, I would say that this is definitely on the the short list of must must own games. It's in my top ten GameCube game list. Uh, it was when in our first episode, and I think it will be when we're finally done. I can definitely see why this game doesn't appeal to uh, to certain audiences. Like if you're not into resource management, if you easily get stressed out in games. Uh, I can I can see if you really like action heavy games, then I can see why this game might not be for you. But this game is definitely great for for young audiences and old audiences. And if you're in the market for you know picking up GameCube games that you might have missed, I highly recommend checking this one out. Maybe look at a few Let's Plays on YouTube, or if you have a friend that has it, maybe borrow it first just to make sure it is for you. Because I can definitely see why if you try this game out for the first time, you might have a different experience than what you were expecting. But yeah, uh, if you're in the market for this game, if you can find it at a good price, highly recommend picking it up. Very good. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank you to all our followers on Instagram and on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're looking at uh, over 200 uh, downloads now, which is really awesome. And we thank you a lot for that. Next episode is going to be Extreme Sports. And we're going to be doing... Uh, about 14 games, I believe, for that one. They're, uh, you know, classic BMX ones. We got some snowboarding. We got some inline skating games. They're, yeah, it's this was this was the time. And so this Extreme Sports episode is just going to be from 2001 to 2002 because there were so many at this time. So we're splitting them up uh, over the course of our episodes for the podcast. We're going to have my two friends on. Gavin Brown and Victor DeYoung. Victor is the voice that you hear for the what's in uh, what the, uh, what's on the back of the case segment, as well as the intro and outro. I finally get to talk to Victor uh, virtually. It's going to be really fun. That's right. Oh, I also uh, oh yeah, Marty told me to do this. I have to uh, have to also apologize to the N sixty four fans out there who I may have offended. Well, because Marty said that I've been I've been stomping on the N sixty four too much, and so he. He said that he he was he was like you gotta you gotta give the N sixty four some love. It's not that bad. And I was like, I don't think it's that bad. So this is me saying that the N sixty four is not that bad. Oh uh, like yeah, it. no, okay, no, we're gonna have to talk about this on air. But uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, no, I, I'm a high, very high supporter of the N sixty four, and uh, I don't think you've offended that console once since we've started recording this. So um, if you have an N sixty four out there, you know, go plug it in, pop in a couple of the old games. A lot of them don't hold up like they used to, but it's still a great console, a uh, good one to collect for as well. Um, sorry if we offended you. <laughs> okay okay very good well again thank you for listening and we hope to see you next week take care bye guys take care GameCube. over 600 games you've never heard of GameCube. the product of what happens when you think inside the box GameCube. it had a handle so you could bring it to the homes of friends you definitely had My name, My name is Mark, Mark White. White. I've crash-landed on a strange planet. My ship is in pieces. My only hope for survival lies with these odd creatures I call potatoes. Perhaps it's because I have plucked them, each of them, from the earth. But these potatoes seem to obey my every command. 
to 100 following at a time. Potatoes fight fiercely and in great numbers. They can vanquish the monstrous predators of this planet. After battles, they tote fallen enemies back to their nests to be transformed into more potatoes. I have only 30 days before my life support system fails me, and I succumb to this toxic lack of oxygen. Fortunately, the potatoes are tireless in their efforts to help.